In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my one and only Ogre King is the one, the only. Bonjour, Travis Ratz here. <laughs> I love how your your French almost turned into Japanese for like one second. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> Travis, almost... Travis Ratz here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Exposure uh, Podcast, folks, where Travis Ratz and I discuss the world of comic books we read comic books we watch some of the nerdy movies the television we talk about it and you're on a comic book club episode where travis and i are back at it again damn travis back at it again with the comic books was that that's how that meme video goes right no i don't even know what that is well it's really old so maybe you just don't remember it yeah damn daniel damn daniel back at it again with the white vans I don't know it. I don't know oh, it, Josh. man. Teach me the ways Travis, of your memes, please. Travis Rat. So it's so old. It's just an old video where this guy looks at this kid's shoes and he says, damn, Daniel. Back in again with the white vans. So, All right. Let me put my list of things to look up. Okay. <laughs> damn, Daniel. <laughs> damn, Daniel. It's like, it's like three years old. It's good. All right. So here we go. Uh, Travis and I sat down to read something we haven't read before, Travis Rats, a French graphic novel. Have we done French before? I don't think we've done French before. Uh, we've done that Persepolis, which was written in French and then translated into English. Uh, was it written in French? I didn't know it was written in French. Yeah, because she studied French and went to... Uh, we just finished Persepolis and honors English, and so I know a lot too much about Marjane. Now you know too much. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this, I believe, is like the first French book I have read... Uh, a French series called The Last Man that was tra- that was translated in. Why uh, The Last we, Man, Josh? Not Why The Last Man, just Last Man. So uh, we, we're reading a book called Petite. It's uh, out on Lion Forge is the publisher, uh, written by Hubert. Doesn't get, or Hubert, does not get any other piece of his moniker. So I don't know if that's uh, Hubert's first or last name, but... Uh, that's written by him, and then design and artwork is by uh, Bertrand Gattenol. This is great. Keep going. Just read, yeah, right? Can you read all the credits, please? I'm going to. No, those are the only <laughs> two I see. Those are the two I'm going with. Uh, written by Hubert, <laughs> or Hubert. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, we got uh, Brian Huge Bear on uh, pencils here. <laughs> and uh, Bertrand, 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 Bertrand. I don't know, dude. I, I don't. I, my French is not French. Uh, if you go to Europe, I would say put France maybe somewhere at the bottom of your list for places to travel. I don't think that they would appreciate your uh, attempts. My at, bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even try. Be like, hey there, y'all. I'm, I'm American. Really sink into it as you're sucking down like a 18 liter of cola as you say yeah. that in the video. <laughs> Hi, y'all. <laughs> So you guys we, know where we, the Foot Locker is? Is your tell a Foot Locker? Jeez. <laughs> Omelette du fromage. I got, that's what I got. Uh, parlez-vous American? I've, I've got a cheesy foot. You got, you got a shoe <laughs> I can stick it in? So, 
we decided I saw this book. Someone had I, someone I follow, some artist I follow on Twitter was like, I, I got this. I'm really digging the art. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. So I put it on my comic book Christmas list. If you remember, Travis. Yeah. And this year for the first time ever books from my comic book Christmas list ended up under the tree for me. They weren't so they weren't stuffed deep up in your stocking. No, uh, nothing. That st- my stocking's just not big enough. I just wasn't yeah. prepared for it. So yeah. they were neatly packaged under my tree. Okay. Nestled, nestled right under my tree. Just nestled, yeah. yeah. Nestled there. You're getting older, uh, you know. You, you gotta. You gotta... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I read it, and I said, "Well, that, that might be an interesting one to discuss." So I said, "Travis, you should pick it up," and you did. I did. And here we are. Uh, yeah, I was wondering how you got. I was wondering how the, you came across this because it's. I don't. I don't think I would have stumbled across it. I mean, no, you, it's super. It's so we can just. It's weird. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but like you can see why I would. Why seeing the art, I would go. Yeah, I want to read that. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so so I mean I I can't remember who tweeted it out. Some artist I like, and I was like. Okay, that looks pretty rad. Let's put it on my list. And so he- here we are reading uh, The Ogre Gods, book one, Petit. And Travis, before we get into this bad boy, before we dive into this, what is your... Uh, what, what, uh, I don't have any extra thing planned for the beginning of this podcast. Do you have anything that you wanted to chat about? Because we don't normally jump into the book. We don't. And you've already uh, kiboshed my review on Captain Marvel. Uh, I, I did. I did. And it wasn't. I, and it, it wasn't I it. was. I wasn't. I wasn't mad at it. I, but I was disappointed in it. And um, but like there are things that are good in it. I just think like we were talking about. I just thought like they could have spent a little more time carving out a conflict in that. Um, I need, and maybe not everyone needs that in a story, Josh. But I do. I, does it have to be a great conflict? Doesn't have to be, you know, like a new conflict. Doesn't have to. You don't have to M Night Shyamalan it at the end. Uh, do you do you think do you think that problem lies with when it is set that the conflict can't even if there is a conflict, you know that she's going to come out on the other end of it because she has to. I just wanted to know what this character's internal drive is. Like, what separates her? as a hero what makes her human as a hero uh like every like tony stark captain america spider-man they all have yes they're all superheroes and they all have costumes and powers but there's all they're all distinctly different heroes and i just felt like if you had given her a little bit more of an internal conflict it would have allowed us to decide like what kind of person she is and be able to watch her grow into the marvel universe as coming in as kind of this really flat character who doesn't go through a lot of a lot of personal change um, in the story. All right, all right, all right. But I see there were some funny jokes. You know, it was very, it was very nineties. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was not um, immune to the 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 cat jokes. I, 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 I found them funny. <laughs> no uh, one is immune to cat jokes. I am, I, you know, <clears throat> I'm a human being. I'm susceptible to that. You know, like you yeah. put that in there and you make some like references to like a cat. Uh, I, I, I chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. No, I, I get where you're coming from. I wonder, I'm kind of curious if, um, 
I, and I wonder if where it's placed in the timeline of Marvel movies, because you can't have a giant threat, but that needed to be on Earth so she could meet Nick Fury. So you couldn't, like, you couldn't actually put the world in danger because people couldn't know about it. Right, right, right. right. Like, it's, so you write yourself into a very, like, this conflict has to be secret and for the most part, hidden. Yeah, like like an internal conflict, Josh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, give yeah. the character an internal conflict. Um, and we talked about it off mic. We said, uh, also, it would be nice to have more of like a fatal flaw, too. Uh, something that going into Endgame, as an audience, we were like, oh, she's powerful, but like, you know, if this, if, you know, this happens, then she's, she's sidelined. And, and then it gives it a little bit more tension coming into Endgame, like, yes, you have this weapon, but if, if it's, you know, if this happens, then it's useless, you know? Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. So let's let's get into Petite, my man. Let's let's get into this bad boy A complete right here. 360 from Captain Marvel. Like, I can't think of anything in the comic book genre that is more opposite than Captain Marvel, both in form and function. <laughs> this is a this is an interesting story. Travis, could you let's see if you could give us the the sum, oh, summary okay. of it. All right. Let's see if you could tell us what this story is about. I see how this is gonna go, Josh. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh Petite uh follows a family of giants. Uh it's a generational story, I would say, uh at its heart. Uh and so you follow, we were introduced at the very beginning, we're introduced to this weird birth. Uh all these giants are sitting around doing chewing chewing. Uh chewing, some of them are chewing. Um, people. Yeah, people. And uh, one of these giants has this baby, but the baby is so small. It uh, It's a giant having a human-sized baby. Uh, and that is our Petite. That is our protagonist in this story. And we watch Petite as he grows up, as he has to... Uh, his his identity and stuff has to be hidden from... Like his mother hides him out, Yeah, right? because if the giants find out, they're not going to be happy about this Petite running around... You know, in this giant world, they're going to eat the little petite, you know? Little petite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I call him petite. <laughs> but eat. Um, and so we watch this this character grow up. He eventually starts to grow into manhood. And then we learn about the, the state of the giants in their evolution. And we find out as readers that these giants are, are getting smaller and smaller each generation. And some of the giants are concerned about this. And petite might be the key to restoring the former glory of the giants, uh, but there's there's all this conflict you feel as a reader because well, I guess we could talk about the conflicts yeah, later, yeah. but th- that's kind of the basic plot line. You're watching this non-giant grow up in this giant world. I mean, he's just a a, a giant girl in a giant world, you know. <laughs> the way, like he's bigger than an average man, but not giant. Exactly, he would yeah. be like the mountain. Like he would be. Like the mountain from Game of Thrones size in our real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I picked this up because it looked interesting. I read the I read the little synopsis of it, and then I really dug the art. And so let's get into let's get into this this the like you said the conflict that we've got going on here and this world of giants. What did you think about? Let, let's start with like. Let's just start with the the setting, the world building piece of it, right? Let, okay. Let's like build it as we go. Yeah. So, what did you think of this world they created? 
Um, one of the things I thought was interesting is is throughout each chapter, if you want to call it a chapter, starts with like uh, some prose, yeah. which is like a lot the of prose, history actually for a comic. <clears throat> right. It starts with like the history of um, a, character, a character, right? From the history from the history of giants. So, uh, one of the first ones we come across is the God King, right? Uh, the one who gets them. One of them is the God King who gets them to first eat. Um, humans like humans and then there's the founder who's kind of the start of this whole thing right like a larger than larger than life-sized human bones a lady and then that baby kills her like a giant like a you know we get a giant baby yeah right and so uh what did you think of the world building we get through here what do you think of the sort of all the little details we get so uh i really i like this book I, when i i really love the that first introduction to the world it's really gruesome uh, you know, all these giants are sitting around and they're eating just like a feast of human beings. And it's, it's real, uh, uh, you know, it, it's the way, the way these giants are doing it. You're like, oh, these, these are monsters. And it has this really dark fairy tale quality to the world. It reminds me a little bit of like the underground world in Pan's Labyrinth as far yeah. as just the kind of tone that I think is going on here. It's fairy tale like but really dark fairy tale. Like, like, I guess it's also kind of like Gulliver's Travels a yeah, little yeah. bit, how it's a little darker at times, you know? Yeah, it's not, a, exactly. Not the version that we got on television with Ted Danson. But or the Jack like, Black version. Yeah, but like a, a very sort of actual dark sort of piece of it. And so uh, right there, as far as the world bidding, it had me right there because I like dark fairy tales. I, 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 I don't get to read i don't come across them very much often anymore and so it's been a while it's uh, since i'd immersed myself in a world like this um yeah. it's unlike any of the other comics that we've read lately and uh, so it was really cool to step into this dark fairy tale world so so that that uh kept my interest what did you think about the the genre of the world did, did it did it click for you yeah you know i really i really enjoyed uh the all those little vignettes where we learned about each character and kind of fleshed out the world. Um, I thought it was an interesting way to do it with those little prose pieces because each of those little stories would have been pages and pages of comics just to kind of tell you those little pieces. So I always like when comic books do something different like that and give you a little, it builds the world in a different way. I, I also really enjoyed the beginning of it. Like it's like she didn't know she was pregnant and all of a sudden she's like, Oh, what happened, right? Like, she gives right. birth to this very little baby, and then everybody wants to, like, eat it, and are trying to get it from her, uh, and she has to kind of run away, and she pretends to eat it, so the king doesn't do anything, like, she pretends to eat him, uh, and then you know, spits him out, and then she has to go hide him with, like, the grandmother, who's the largest giant left. Desdi, yeah, Desdi. Yeah, Desdi is, is, is the largest giant left. Um, and so that's where like Petit grows up. But along the way, we, we get all these little bits and pieces of the world. And I really, I really kind of dug this sort of like how the humans are involved in this and how like they're making her dress. And there's all of these little, all the humans are around to serve them, but then they also like farm them to eat them. Yeah. It was this very sort of like weird, like you said, a very dark fairy tale that we got going on. Yeah. A couple of things that you said struck me. I, th I agree. I really like, uh, I think the uh, who's our writer here? Um, uh, Hubert. Hubert uh, does a really good job about exploring 
what a world or a castle full of giants, how that would operate. Right. It's not just like big people, but you get to see like the humans. How I mean, they're literally like on bungees. Like, like right. It reminds me of those mice from Cinderella, but like a really right. kind of that was bungee. a very much like yeah. Cinderella kind of scene in it. And she's just flicking them off them, and I also think that structure-wise, like you said, the vignettes at the beginning of each of the chapters, for lack of a better word, where you get the background of it. Um, this isn't a long book. But it feels more epic in scope because you have these longer passages of prose that allow right. you to uh, think of the world outside of this castle, which we spend most of our time in. And so by, by going and talking about previous generations of giants, uh, he's able to very quickly build out this world by using prose that some comic book writers, like U.S. comics, don't usually do because I think – Maybe they're afraid that people won't want to read those pros. Mind Management had a lot of pros um, yeah. in it, and and I think that can turn away some traditional comic book readers if they're like, "What? I got to read you know three pages of pros before I get some panels up in here." Uh, <laughs> and I thought it really allowed uh, Hubert to build out that world quicker and with more depth. I did, and I also kind of like this idea that you can see that like the palace they live in is even too big for the giants, right? There's like parts of it that are even bigger. Mm -hmm. And because those giants used to be so much bigger than they are here. And then you think about like, how, how did that get built? How many people had to build that? You know, we've got like them using human labor, um, like how large these, uh, these, giants used to be and and how big they are now i I thought all this was like a really interesting sort of um way to build this story um i think it i think it asks of the reader to bring something to it uh it it i think it begs the reader to like you were just saying uh start building filling in some of the things in the world like "Ah, right wow is that bigger and like what would that look like and how long would it take to build a place like that? And, you know, uh, I think there's he leaves enough holes in the world uh, for you as a reader to bring something to it. And and it, and it asks a lot of your imagination. Right. Uh, and I think that's it really plays with that whole fairy tale genre where like Little Red Riding Hood or, you know, Hansel and Gretel. Like you have to bring a lot of your own imagination into building those worlds, which is it's nice. I like a comic that makes me makes me think and fantasize a little bit more yeah and and i it was this kind of really there's all these bits and pieces you know he's supposed to he gets hooked up with there's just there's just a lot of weird stuff in it though right so so talk talk to me about that so when i mean it starts off with like a oh this is like you just said the eating of the baby like the baby and spitting them out but is there for you was there like an even like later on like a switch where you're like uh okay this has got three levels of dark well there's this whole scene where like um there's just all these little pieces where um you know the the two brothers are coming after him and he like ends up killing his brothers right and then there's um a scene where you know his he tries to murder his dad but his well his dad's like sleeping with some other woman but the axe hits her in the back of the head and there's all this very dark stuff and there's there's some some, like hints at rape a lot yeah yeah 
and there's some there's some like there's the you know like the mom grabs him and a girl and is like smooshing them together yeah. and he's like oh. make babies like yeah there's all this weird stuff and then he meets the giant girl who i think is special right the like she's a little touched yeah yeah and uh he like she takes him and shoves him up her It's so at, weird. At one point, like they're in the hallway, and he, and she's just like lifts up her dress and shoves him up there. <laughs> her face, her facial expression is so like, oh god, right? And then there's, and then they're like, they do it, and then he looks all like he, he's, she's like, so was that good for you? Felt nothing. I like it better when you use your face. <laughs> like, you can see, like she does it again. It's it's just very. I, it's so. Um, well, let's talk about that because I think I think what you're touching on is a weird thing throughout this whole book. There's a under, undertone, and I don't know if it's because it's French of sex throughout this whole book. Yeah, there's an undertone of sex throughout like every chapter in this. There is something to do with kind of looking at sex in a way that sometimes is violent sometimes it's very casual uh and i'm like i'm like is this the french part of the book is this is this if you were to, if you were a, a a frenchman or french woman and you read this would you be like yeah that's that's how we that's how we treat sex you know um or is am i coming to this from like is it seem off-putting to me because you're so puritanical I'm, just, <laughs> right? I'm like yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my ancestors were good, good boys and girls. <laughs> but I, I think it's 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 this very sort of um, there's violence, sex, and like this sort of family, like everything's a little a little gross, right? Like the whole thing. Hey, is Josh, a little... <laughs> you got you got your sex and my violence. Well, guess what? You got your violence and my sex. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very. I mean, that's. Really, it's and the art style also lends itself to it being just a little more weird, right? Because it's it is very much sort of like this French manga style. It's it's very European comic looking stuff, right? There's and a so, lot of close ups on facial expressions, so a lot right. of the uh, reactions you get to see. But a lot like, of good, oh. a lot of good acting in faces, though. Like it's it's. For it being such a sort of, and I don't want to say simple because I don't think it's simple, but for being cartooning, there's a whole lot of like, you can tell emotions on all of these faces throughout the whole thing. Right. Uh, I think it's, I don't think we can really separate, like, I think we're just going to kind of talk about art. We're going to mix yeah. it up this time. I, I think it's very manga. I think there's a lot of manga influence in this. Uh, right, and, and that's, and, that's and certain panels more than others. There's, I get like a real like speed racer vibe from the the protagonist and his eye reaction. Akira reactions. looking so, every yeah, once in a while. Akira yeah. very is, is another good one. And I was like, I thought that was interesting. How like this year, this very European story has a lot of these this manga influence, and I wonder if that's common with French artists, well, like comic I, artists. I, I only have one other book. Like I said, the only other one I've ever read outside of this is, is Last Man. And that very much has a very similar black and white art style, a very sort of European manga look is, is like the most I can say, because it's not the faces don't look as as manga is like when we read uh, I Am Hero, right? Like yeah, that's that was straight up manga. Yeah, right. And so 
but this is a little a little softer, a little cartoonier, I guess is is the only way I can really put it. What was um, that? What was that comic that you had me read? It's like the sports where the girl has to go in and like compete oh, against. Uh, was that French? No, that one's that's not no oh. uh, fantasy sports. Yeah, fantasy sports. It kind but of that's very me. much like it's very much like this sort of indie style, right? Like mm-hmm. that's everything's. It all I think takes a lot from manga, but it's a, a toned down version of it, right? It's not as extreme or not as like it's not to attend angular, right? Because what I what, like thinking of manga, like noses are like V's or there isn't a nose, and, and eyes like, go like really. I mean, they're like popping out of their skulls, and, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I I really dug this whole story of uh, Petit meets this. Like, he knows that he's not like the Giants, right? He sees that he's not like the other Giants. You know, he's trying to survive. He meets a a regular human girl, hits it off with her, but then he scares her off because she, like, sees him eating a person. Yeah, and you know what she says to herself? Hey, they might be Giants. They might be. They might be Giants. (laughs) Um, And then, like, uh, they're, like, about to do it. Right, like there's yeah, another one of those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're about to do it, like, and his heart it. goes tom tom. And then he's like, "I can't, I can't do this," right? Because he's worried uh, that he's going to kill her. He's going to impregnate her with a baby who is going to grow so big inside her belly that it will just basically split her open upon birth. Because that has, right? that has happened before, right? And that's that's like the sort of that's how bizarre this is, like. He knows that he could that this is the story. If he's the one who goes with um, the humans, if he has a baby with a human, it could kill her. He's got giant right? semen. He's got giant semen, and that is his fatal flaw. You know, we talked about Captain Marvel not having a fatal flaw. If Captain Marvel had to battle giant semen, uh, I think that movie would have been a much more interesting and enjoyable romp. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm. It ended, and then I was like, it ended. No, right? Like I know. Yeah, I yeah. but then I read like book two doesn't even follow Petit. Really? No, it's like a totally different sort of tale of the world. Because I one of the things I thought we were gonna find out in book two is why does he go into like sex rage? Like why does he just rage out sometimes? You know? Like, you know have you noticed that like sometimes he gets yeah. is it just cause he's is that supposed to just be like he's really horny and like and he has to fight his urge? I don't know, or does like he become the sex ogre? <laughs> nah, I'd read that comic. That's the name of my, that's the name of my new metal band. Yeah, sex pretty, ogre. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I just watched Motley Crue's The Dirt on Netflix, so I'm. Was it any good? We we were gonna watch it, but it's like a biopic and not a documentary, and so a uh, biopic is a loose term for that for that movie. It's basically like a music video, like it's it's kind of like um. Uh, petite in a lot of ways it's sex and violence okay <laughs> a lot of right. a lot of a lot of cleavage and boob and hair in that movie yeah, we watched the I, I watched the theranos uh one documentary instead what's the theranos one that's the the one where like they they made this uh it's like uh it was gonna test your blood and it was gonna be this magical machine that was gonna do it really quick and it was a silicon valley startup they snowed the people in Arizona and Walgreens put it all over the place in Arizona uh-huh. because they, you know, cause Arizona legislators are stupid. And so they con the legislators into letting people 
just decide whatever test they wanted to have Uh because no other state does that like doctors have to prescribe a test for you like uh so arizona like they conned arizona into like no if you pass this law and people can order their own tests then we're gonna change medicine but it was all a lie like none of it actually worked and they just use regular lab equipment to do the tests and half the time they weren't right and like yeah and so it's like this young uh this young startup guy millennial startup uh gal starts it and then you know it's this snowball of lies right like no, it totally works, and none of it's kind of like that, that that fire documentary, fire, yeah, fire that, festival, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has a lot. It has a lot in common with fire. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of documentaries that are a lot. There's that's a really kind of like common. It's in the milieu right now. Well, is, you know, is millennials think they can change the world and they can do whatever they want, but then they realize they can't because they didn't do any of the legwork. It's it's all empty. And they have to make it everything up. is a facade, you know, like the well, idea yeah. of it. It's all about like like we don't need the product, we just need the image. Yeah, we just need we just need it to look good. And then we'll figure it out. But we don't need to figure it out right now. But that is not this book. This book <laughs> but, is not just a facade. But interesting um, in itself. I really did. I really did dig the story here. Uh, I liked the art. Um, you know, that the what did you think of? So we've got a handful of characters. We've got the king. Uh, we've got um, the aunt or grandmother. Is it grandmother or aunt? Desdy, I think, is 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 aunt. Is aunt. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, they're, they're all in, they're all incestuous, you know. So it's right? kind of hard to. Like, I guess. And then the mom, them. petite, and then his uh, his his lady friend. So which character? I mean, petite is the most sympathetic one, right? Uh, well, probably the probably the yeah. human is the most sympathetic I, one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. I, they're like we talk about this with some books. Uh, they are not afraid, you know. Uh, Hubert is not afraid to make his characters unlikable. Um, all of them, yeah, all <laughs> of them. Even Petite, like a lot of times, Petite. One of the things that hit me, and I was like, "How can we walk back from this?" Is there's a scene when Petite's really young, and his mom, who's a giant, is getting him to eat humans at a really young yeah. age. So she hands him like a human arm, and I'm like, "Well, obviously he's not going to eat that arm because that's like his thing," you know, like. And he's just like, Hump. yeah, right. And you're like, well, that's that's an odd choice for our hero to to make. Uh, right. I, I thought he was gonna buck the system. Uh, and there are moments throughout this where he, like he does smacks very, the girl. Yeah. He does he, like there's some stuff where you're like, dude, you're supposed to be the good guy, uh, but he oftentimes acts like a jerk, right? Yeah. Um, and the same for the mother. The mother at times is really horrendous. Uh, in how she views humans and how she treats humans, how she treats petite. But then, especially towards the end, when she's outcast, you start right. to feel some more synth- sympathy for her. And at the end, she does a really brave act that ends up saving uh, petite. Uh, right. But she, like a- you said, like she's smashing her son into other women to force them into sexual intercourse. Uh, right. And you're like, that's who we're rooting for? <laughs> right. That's, and like... The the guy who's always bad, the ogre king, right? The king is always bad. There's never a redeeming moment for that guy. The even like the way they draw him is so just like he's just like, gross. Yeah, he's very much like a uh, like king like Georgian, like like somewhat a British Georgian kind of. It's pop. very like yeah, it's a very sort of like uh, Amadeus. Yeah. That, but he looks like Andre the Giant. Um, Andre 
Andre the Amadeus. <laughs> right? And, you know, he's got, like, the fake mole. And that's the, my tell, that's like, my metal band name, Andre the Amadeus. And, but I do like that, like, all of these royal... Um, they're all very, like, French royalty, right? Like, all of these... They've got the big wigs. They've got the fake moles. They've got the... You know the big fake hair. What is that? Oh. What do you think that that choice is about? By making them giants, who are obviously in charge, but they're not in like loincloths, like Jack and the Beanstalk giants. They're they're they're. It's all aristocratic. Like, what is that supposed? Is that supposed to satirize something? You think, or like, what do you think that's poking at? Just aristocracy. Just aristocracy. It might just be general. aristocracy in general. This idea that we have this. You know, I mean, at least that's that's what it seemed like to me. That they don't care about the people. Right. And you could maybe make that same sort of, you know, French Revolution jab at, you know, the monarchy not caring about the people. They do what they want. They live lavishly. Right. Like they live in this big palace, Versailles sort of palace away from everybody. They have these big parties. All they do is it seems like all they do is power isn't what it once was. Right. All they do is eat and and bone and drink. Right. Like it's all it is. You just think it like there's like literally one of the tables is just like bowls of human heads at one point, like just a bowl of human heads, right? Like that's there's so many weird little things in this in this book. These little tiny, like I don't know, it, these all these little pieces of it. Ugh. Right. There's one of the things that you'll find, and if you if you're listening to this and you've read this and you know, um, but if you haven't and you're just kind of getting curious about it, I don't think we've spoiled a bunch of stuff. So, uh, as you flip through your pages or you scroll through your iPad, every other page when you turn it, there's some shocking visual that like you it's like you can't help but look at. You're like, wow, this this makes me feel weird. Like this, I don't know how to feel about this panel. Right, like, like why is that mom watching them? Why is she watching them do it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, all... and why is that child eating that arm? And, and why are those heads on spikes? And everything is just, and there's so much giant cleavage. So much cleavage. <laughs> and, and like giant cleavage at that. Not just cleavage, but giant cleavage. Um, it There's just a giant... <laughs> No pun intended. Um, actually, I guess maybe pun intended. There's just everything is very big, and, and I guess you know they're giants. But everything's like everything seems to be over the top. All of the like pieces of this seem to be very like. Well, how can we make this scene seem just too much? Right, like the mom almost eats petite. Right. Because she's outcast and she's so hungry, she hasn't eaten humans, and then she finds Petite and she's about to eat him, and he's like, "No, mom, it's me!" And, he, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, no, that is you, man." Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like, I don't know. There's just so much. But weird... you, you say that like it's it's over top, but it's different. Like you, your critique of like transmetropolitan and like preacher and those things, right. like it goes. But it's, this is a different kind of over. What do you? How would you describe the difference um, of this over the top as opposed to what sometimes you typically do not like with over the top? Well, because it's not. I think like sometimes transmetropolitan and uh, you know. Uh, Garth Ennis stuff, Garth Ennis, and and... it's very dick and fart joke, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of dick and fart joke, and there's a lot of like 
this goes to 11. How I don't think cr that crude can I get for this? How sake crude of can I get? I don't know this is as crude, so I can be crude. I, I think that it's just like, let's draw this society where people don't matter, that humans don't matter, and how would that exist? And then. And it really, I mean, like, you've watched Game of Thrones, right? Like, everybody in these royal families, it's always, it's, it's like a, a piece of genre that's like this, that no one cares really about anybody else. Right. Right? Yeah. They just care about themselves being on top. And then and so, it allows them to go through a change. Like, take Sir Jamie, for example, in Game of Thrones. Right. Like, the first, yeah. like, four seasons or three seasons. The worst person ever. This dude. Yeah. But now you're like, he's kind of becoming, like, one of the protagonists here. Right, and, and and I and I wonder like, and that's why I'm kind of bummed that Book we don't two. see, we, yeah, that we don't see, we're not going to see Petit after this because he really does get that redemption, right? Like he escapes, the ogre king is dead, um, everybody's eating him, right? Like they're just eating the ogre king, um, like the people are, not the giants, the humans are eating him. Yeah. Right? Like this it's, ultimate sort of like, hey, man, we need to eat. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> it's also like the idea of like, oh, you thought the giants were the bad, but the humans are just as bad as as them. You know, they like, just don't have the opportunity to be as bad. Exactly. Yet, right? So it's just like their size allows them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that is I mean, there's some satire. And I don't even say it's satire because it's not humorous. It's just. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of. This comes out of what's happening in France right now with the youth movement and the revolts and what's happening in, in Paris and Lyon and things like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, I didn't seek out any, you know, information about, you know, the artist or the author, why it was written or anything like that. Um, and partly because, like, I don't I didn't want to read too much into it. And then I've got to use Google Translate and find out all the French and all right. that stuff. But also, if I, I, if I can't figure it out my, myself, I feel like it's cheating. Just like regurgitating someone else's, like, you know, like uh, political critique on it. Yeah, yeah. But I did, I did really I did really enjoy this sort of, and it says, like, this says it's back, a gothic tale about family and fate. And it is very much like a gothic fairy tale. Okay. Right? Yeah. So we're we're kind of talking in circles here. So let's 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 let me ask you this. Yeah. What what from here? I mean, this is. I mean, I think the thing that's unique about this particular pick is that it's from French. So we don't read a lot of European based comics. What right. do you think in here? Whether it be a visual aspect, a storytelling aspect, what do you think that um, the the big three like Marvel, Image, and DC? What would you like to see them take? from maybe a more European style of comic, what do you think that we can maybe translate well, or if we could do a little bit more of this type of stuff in ours? I think, I think there's this, I, I think one, um, the art, right? Like being willing to actually use cartoons to tell a story because these are cartoons doing a very sort of like it's graphic. There's violence, there's sex, there's all those sorts of things in here, but it's, it's with, general cartooning right and it's not sort of like um the walking dead is a little more realistic right like all of these things are it seems like when we want to do something like this it has to look a more a little more real if you want to do so, a more avant-garde story it has to be grounded in some sort of realism right yeah as whereas like in europe they're like yeah, let's throw it all in throw it all in there yeah, baby. Like, <laughs> let's, let's just do it right and yeah. and i you know 
Well, how, what do you think? What would you like to see maybe kind of translated over from something like this, this idea of a, you know, I mean, we don't read a lot of European stuff, but this this sort of, the feeling of this, how would you want to see maybe this translated? I, I like... I like a good hero myth. I like I like a real good, you know, Joseph Campbell, you know, hero's journey. And this thwarts that a little bit, which I think might be kind of like a 20th century European take on heroes. Like if you watch a Fellini film, like the like the, you know, that type of Italian French how they view their heroes and the arc that they need to go on doesn't need I like how not everything is likable in here. And I think, especially the big three, you take something, I think Southern Bastards, Jason Aaron and Southern Bastards does some of this where, you know, uh, there's, it's everything is gray and he, he, he's not making judgments on his characters as far as like, like this character, don't like this character. I think in Europe, they're more inclined to maybe based on this and just some other like literature I've read from Europe in the 20th century. It seems like more like, here are the characters, Here's them interacting. You decide who's good, who's bad, and what's going on. And I think so many times with the superhero mythology uh, that we're, we're so uh, – American comics are so gra- ingrained in, it's it, – even if, even if a hero it, is it's a badass – It's either truth, still, justice in the American way or it's like – a vigilante who's the like the like a hitman character like, like right a very, so like Tarantino type yeah there's type nothing thing, yeah. there's not a lot you've got Punisher and then everything else right either right. every every character is that sort of bad good guy yeah or they're the superhero yeah right I guess and there's not a, and there's not a lot of morality is what I like I like the ambiguous morality of of these characters okay. um, and I, I think we see that a little. I think we see that more in like indie writing, right? Yeah. When you, I mean, and I, and I did, I mentioned, you know, I did just mention like the walking dead. No one is likable in the walking dead. Even, uh, Rick. even the, yeah, Rick is not really likable. He does a lot of dumb, bad or bad things, or he's very gray and a lot of that stuff. And so I think we see that in more indie books. Yeah, I guess um, you're right. But I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what that would look like, um, in a straightforward superhero look. Right? What does that look like to have your superhero not be over the top like the Punisher? But I wonder what it looks like to have him be a little more gray. And I guess maybe Wolverine's a little gray. But well, we mentioned uh, earlier this podcast. We mentioned a book that we were kind of lukewarm on. It, I am Hero, uh, which yeah. is a, comes from the Japanese culture, and this comes yeah. from the French culture. And there's something I think similar in these two stories as. As you're going through the story, it's it goes to dark places very naturally, and it makes you feel more. Un- I feel more uncomfortable reading the stories from other places than I do American stories. Like American stories, I kind of have an idea of where it's going to go. Yeah, um, and this they they jump back and forth so quickly in I Am Hero and in in Petite that. I don't think I could read foreign comics on a regular basis because it puts me in such a like a weird headspace. Like I need some, <laughs> I need some saccharine like I don't know Americana in my in my. You need comics. some spandex and some some black and white morality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, some, I think if I was just going to be like going through binging like foreign comics, I might be like in a weird headspace. 
Yeah, I'm I'm reading another book right now that's I'm reading another French book right now. Uh strangely enough, two of my books that went on my comic book Christmas list were French. Uh and, and there's this one and then there's another one, uh The Chimpanzee Complex. Mm, I remember or, that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And and so the art in that one's not great. It's it's everything's very photo everything's photo reference. It really looks like someone went around and took pictures and then drew over it and put bubbles on it, right? Mm. Uh, but it's it is no one is likable in that book either. Yeah, like no one is. The main character is not likable. Her daughter, who's supposed to be like the soft point in the book, is also unlikable. Right, like her young child is also unlikable. Yeah, like no one, no one in that book. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm cheering for the hero. There's no, no one to root it's for. It's just yeah, and I think. You want to root for Petit, right? Uh-huh. He is the protagonist of this, but he does do some stuff where you're like, "Man, kind of a, kind of a jerk." Yeah, but not as not as bad as I think other stuff. But it's it's this weird thing because you know, and I guess the other part of it is like you know, if he goes out, he's going to bring the giants back, right? Like these giants are terrible people, so if they die out, that's okay, right? Yeah, because they're not good. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, no, I like him. I want him to be happy and, like, fall in love. But then if he falls in love, and then he's going to bring the giants back, and it's, like... It reminds me of that joke from Mallrats where they're talking about, like, uh, Superman, you know, can't have sex with her because, you know, he could kill him. You need a kryptonite condom, and that would kill him. The only way that Superman can bang regular chicks, you know? And I think, like, <laughs> it's weird that, like, his his conflict is, like, I love this girl, but I can't physically be with her. It's very twilight, and right? and she is all about La Petite Dick. She is all she's like, give it to me, right? You know, she's all about it to the point where he has to show the restraint. It's this man who has to show restraint uh, when this woman who's is she's throwing abandon to the wind. Uh, and at first, uh, briefly there, I thought she had worked out a deal with the the mother, who, uh, right? You know? Right. Um, and so there's that. So you don't really like the girl very much. Because you're like, listen, sweetheart, he's doing this for you. He's trying to save your life. He puts a baby in you. There's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna die, and she's okay with that. Right. It's just it's just very strange. I like everything about this story is strange. Yeah. Right. There's nothing that that's solid ground, and I think that that's fun. Right. There's something interesting about everything being a little squishy in a story and everything I don't being know where little... it's going i don't know where the story is going the whole time right right and that's kind of fun there's something yeah. fun about that it's not very i mean it does very much follow a there's evil stepbrothers or there's evil stepbrothers they they're gonna die right like you know that petite's gonna come out the other side of this mm-hmm. but because it's it follows that fairy tale trope but there's all this like it's very like Grimm's, you know, like Grimm fairy tales along the way. Like, ooh, that's gross. Yeah. Oh, the like, oh, that's not fun, right? As, I would love as he's see, getting through it. I would love to see an animated version of this in the same art style. I think ooh, that would be, be really cool. Black and white, same art style, uh, kind of like what they do with Persepolis in their in their yeah uh, thing of this, and just translate this almost exactly like panel for panel on animation. That would be really cool. And I think if you have a really cool soundtrack to it like just not instrumental like i yeah. think it could really like be suggestive of the tones so yeah let's talk about panels here let's go to favorite yeah. panels 
Yeah, so let's go favorite panels. Um, there are just there's a lot of good stuff in this book, man. I really did dig the art. I, I liked how sometimes it was super detailed and other times it was very like stark. Um, I think there's the one that I saw that I, I was flipping through earlier and I found one that I really liked. I have mine. If you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Use. I'm trying to find out where mine is. At. Uh, mine's on page 18. Uh, leading up to page 18, there's like three great pages of of these humans dressing uh, the mom giant, uh, and there's some fun stuff in there. But on the top panel of page 18, uh, there is here. If you like, look at it. It's yeah. It's she has <clears throat> flicked this human being off her shoulder, and the human being gets tangled up in the like rope webbing of their pulley system and her body is so contorted like you can just tell like that one flick just broke her, this human's body all down and she looks almost like a like a puppet like a marionette just dangling there and it's the mom a giant just reaching out her hands in the foreground uh and just plucking this poor human being out of these ropes and popping her in her mouth and i yeah. thought that was so like uh, just an interesting visual and like so grotesque, but the 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 ballet draping of this you know dead corpse there was it was really kind of gothic and dark, and I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I th- that was a, that's a really kind of that whole scene is really interesting because you said earlier like it reminds you of Cinderella, right? Mm-hmm. Where all the mice are dressing her, but she loved those mice. Yeah, she yeah. petted them. Yeah, she was nice to them. Yeah, she didn't kill one of them and then. Eat it. <laughs> like, this is so, it's just, I would love to see that version. <laughs> so I, I would, and that's what I think. Like you talked about this a- animated version of it, and and I think that that's what this this book does so well is there's some very like, oh that's kind of cool. What? Right? There's a lot of like that scene is very like oh they're all kind of helping her out. She's not being mean. They're all like dressing her, and then. Like a flip of a switch, it goes bad. The 80s were a decade where studios started doing like wizards and stuff like that. The animation. Yeah. Like there was some dark animation that came out of the 80s, like heavy metal and stuff like that. And I feel like this feels very 1980s fantasy. Uh, like a dark 1980s animation fantasy, like something that like your parents rented for you at the video store because there was a cartoon on front of it, and then right. they put it in and go like have drinks in the other room, and you're sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> like I think that rotoscoped version of yeah. uh, the Hobbit. Yeah, right? have exactly. you ever seen that no, one? No, it's perfect. That's a perfect. Yeah, that's what I, that's what it feels like to me. Where you're like. I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick on page 151. Uh, this is, again, he's with this... Uh, he's with the, the girl that he's kind of been paired with, uh, his cousin or whatever, and she's pulling the fingers off a human hand and saying, he loves me, he loves me not. And oh, in the first yeah. panel, in the first panel, you can't really tell what she's got in her hand, but then the second panel at the top of page 151... She's clearly pulling the finger off, and it says "pip," like as she pulls it off, and it's just gross. Like it's another one of those like, like oh, they don't care about anything, right? It's just an example of that. There's just there's so many good panels like this throughout this book, and, and we didn't really talk about the art a whole lot. I mean, we did. We said we really liked it, 
But I love how much black is in this thing. Mm-hmm. I love how much black is in it with white uh, or like highlights. gray yeah. highlights or Especially gray the castle. Line a lot drawing. of detail yes. in the background in the castle. Yeah, all this art of the sort of like uh, that's some of my favorite stuff is the stenciling uh, almost. Yeah, the black like the black castle with the white lines all over the place. Um, I really, I really dug that art piece of the whole thing. The whole thing was, whole thing was, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm probably going to pick up the second book because I just want to see where this story goes, and and I'm, I'm down, I'm down to clown. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I like, <laughs> I like, even if it's not petite in it, I like the, I like his voice as a storyteller. Yeah, and uh, the world is yeah. fun mm-hmm. and not fun at the same time. Yeah. If, if there's anything we've said about this book, I, I think that's that. So Travis, let me ask you: um, Who would you recommend this? First, would you recommend it to someone, and, and and who would you recommend it to? Yeah, I think people need to read this. I think it needs to be read by uh, certain people. Um, for me, it it does have not just not so much the art as like more of. It reminds me of like weird Japanese manga stories where like it's like there's an undertone of sex and there's like weird things that happen. So I don't know, like maybe like a a fourteen year old girl who likes manga, like I should read this. I don't know. Um, I, I would say those who like things a little bit off kilter, they they aren't afraid to get dark. Um, and I, if you like reading those, they used to have a book in the nineties called Politically Correct Fairy Tales, where it looked at like the darker version of what these fairy tales really were. You know, like uh, Rapunzel and Hansel and Gretel. And that was really popular. It's like a group of people who really like these dark fairy tales. Uh, and I think that is a genre. Dark did you fairy like tale. Labyrinth? That's my feeling. Like, did exactly. you like Labyrinth? Yeah. Take Labyrinth and like just turn it up a bit. Yeah, and it's hard for me to define that category of people, but like we could, if we like we we're talking it out, and like that yeah. that picture is forming in my head. Kind of someone who maybe shot the hot topic for a little bit in their life, who likes Labyrinth. And- <laughs> I think like you and I are at that age where in the eighties there were so many, like you said earlier, this sort of dark fantasy stuff. Like yeah. you think like even remember watching uh, the Black Cauldron as a kid? Oh Did yeah, you ever watch that? it's one of my favorite right, Disney like, movies. Yeah, right. Like I there love was those this Peter Dane books. They're great. Right, yeah. this very sort of dark fantasy. That's really what this plays into. But because it's not a Disney movie, it's it can be just a little right, like it can be just a little more in each of those areas. It can be a little more violent. It can be a little more sexual. It can be a little more deviant at just times. Less predictable in a lot of ways than a right. lot of fantasy stories. Yeah, but it does really remind me of like I, I say it now, not Labyrinth because there's weird characters in it, but like. Did you did you watch Labyrinth? Did you watch The Dark Crystal? Did you yeah. like oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, that's what I mean. Did, did you like that stuff? Then you'll probably like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I think that's what I would nail it down to. Cuz there was this period in the 80s where everything was just grotesque our, fantasy. Right. Like our our comic books got darker, right? Yeah. Like Frank Miller and Alan Moore went darker with our comic books. Our cartoons got a little darker. Our stories got a little darker. And I think this is a good modern update of that, yeah. if that makes sense. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. if you like yeah. all those things that Josh has said, then pick up Petite. <laughs> Petite. Uh, so, again, guys, you can pick up Petite. It's from Lion Forge. I just found it on Amazon. 
Uh, make sure you get the English version, not the French version. Travis, I, you got I it on, on Comicsology uh, and Kindle. Kindle. Uh, just, I bought it through uh, Amazon and just clicked the Kindle version, and it popped right up on my uh, Kindle reader. All right, all right. So, guys, I would totally check it out. Remember, you can find the comic expo- uh, the comic the comic exposure podcast on many places. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. You can find us on uh, the internet, www.comicexposure.com. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. So if you are a person who is still listening to it on the website, you can find it on your podcast app. You can uh, subscribe and you can listen to it there. Please make sure give us a nice little rating. I'm not going to ask for five stars. That's a bit much. But if you want to give us that four-star rating, that would be fun. Travis, if they want to get some Comic Exposure merch, where can they go to get that? They can go to threadless.com backslash Comic Exposure. All right, threadless.com backslash Comic Exposure. You can get yourself a tote bag, a coffee mug, a T-shirt. Yeah. A shower curtain. Swag. You can get your, you can get your swag, uh, Comic Exposure swag. Uh, and Travis... We got a couple books coming up, man. We we got a. I think I think we'll probably put aside our uh, variant editions for a few, probably, and just yeah. Just I mean, break I'm, out having, some I'm books. having a good time just breaking yeah. out books and talking about them. I ordered the single issue set of um, Sarah. Sarah. However, yeah. I ordered it two weeks ago, which makes me think they shipped it ground. And that could be like months before I get that. I don't know. <laughs> so I I am gonna get the uh, I'm gonna order the the graphic novel version of it. So I haven't I haven't ordered it yet. I don't have it yet. Uh, but we did. What's the other book? Where you, I, I picked A- animosity. This, animosity. So I did read that one. That'll probably be the next one we talk about is animosity. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm we're picking some weird stuff, and I'm excited yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about some weird stuff. We're gonna have <laughs> so. some, I think we're gonna have some cross talk between this one and animosity. Uh, a little bit and yeah it's 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 yeah. i like i'm excited about what we got coming up um yeah it's gonna be interesting you know we don't we don't have any guest plan for that stuff but maybe i can find someone to read animosity really quick hand it someone and, and, and maybe we'll have someone on the show yeah but, I can, i'll do um, a little bit better job of kind of reaching out there just get some different voices on here yeah so ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in we appreciate your patronage and your uh your loving listening to us um not that you love listening to us maybe you don't but lovingly you're listening to us, so yes. we, we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you straight.